Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Okay, here we are. This is the first of many, I hope, um, Ask the Coaches podcasts here on the Make Money Behave show. And I have two amazing coaches that I've told you guys I've teamed up with, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves to you today before we get into the question that was brought to us by Meg T of Arizona. So the two gentlemen I have to my side are Nino Villa and Mike Keneally, and I'm just going to ask each of them to share a little bit about who they are, why they do what they do, and maybe... I don't know, maybe something interesting about yourself. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So hi everybody, uh, my name is Nino Villa. Um, I started doing some financial coaching back in 2013 after um, kind of getting a handle on my own finances and starting my own financial uh, journey. And uh, the reason why I do what I do is I find that there's a huge gap in financial literacy. Um, unfortunately, uh, a lot of, for uh, many of us, our parents don't teach us anything about how to manage money. We don't get that education uh, in the, at the high school level. We don't get it at the college level. So we are asked to become adults and take on all this responsibility without any direction on how to really do that. Uh, so that's why I do what I do and, and I enjoy it a lot. And something interesting about me, um, I could never be president of the United States because I was not born in this country. Oh, that's right. Canadian, right? Yes. Yeah. I was born in Canada. Yeah. We could use you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my name is Mike Keneally, and I have been coaching uh, full-time for just at two years now. Uh, I was coaching way before I knew what coaching was. I taught coworkers how to budget, how to manage money, uh, raised all of our kids debt-free. We have four adult children now who are all living debt-free. And much like Nino, I saw that gap. I saw that uh, need for financial literacy. It isn't taught in the schools. It's a huge opportunity for uh, people in, in society to be able to know how to manage their money and get out from under the albatross of debt. Um, I, got, I went through um, financial coach master training a few years ago and launched my practice and have been coaching full-time ever since. Uh, I love it. I, I, can't stop thinking about people and helping them with their financial journeys. Um, one thing about me is that I, because I practice what I preach, I fundamentally retired from the corporate world at 47 years old. Jealous. Right? <laughs> I want to, I got seven years to get there. So I'm, that, I would like to be you in seven years. Welcome to the club. We'll wait for you here. Well, and you guys know a lot about me if you have tuned in in the past, and so I'm not going to bore you with all that, but I do want you to know that there's a reason I reached out to these two guys, and it's really because I think when you when you try to do something by yourself for long enough, you realize where the gaps are in your own abilities. And so not only are there gaps in the way that literacy is taught, but I think there's also a gap in the way we are taught to coach as well. And so what I have found is that there are a lot of coaches out there who totally understand numbers but don't understand psychology. There are some who understand psychology but don't understand numbers. And so there are some who are really great with like in the now and then some who are great with like retirement and that kind of stuff. And I knew that I couldn't be all of that to everybody. And so I found people who could be those things that I wasn't able to be. And so we didn't even, I think it kind of happened 
I don't want to say an accident because nothing happens on accident, but we made some pretty quick decisions without really knowing a ton about each other. And I think that's pretty cool because as we found those gaps, we realized that we kind of fill those in like puzzle pieces pretty darn well. So um, I'm really excited to bring the whole package to any of our listeners. So welcome everyone who is listening today. Let's go ahead and just jump right into the question that Meg T from Arizona sent in. And you guys may hear it in my voice, but I'm struggling with a little bit of a cough. So I'm not going to insert as much of the content or information that I normally would. I'm going to rely on these guys a little bit, but if there's something I have to throw in, I'm going to do that. It's really for your own good, I promise. (laughs) Um, So question number, the question that comes in is for those, let me, okay, I need new glasses. All right. I'm going to lift that phone up a little bit better. For those that have utilities that vary per month, how do you calculate your budget for that month? So, for example, the gas may be $40 in January, but then $80 in February. Or electric may be $120 in January, but $150 in February. So, again, she says, for those that have utilities that vary every month, how do you calculate the budget for that each month? So I'll start with that one. My first short answer to that is you will get your utility bill in January for February. So if you're doing your budget in January for February, you'll know exactly what that dollar amount is and be able to plan for it. And as simple as that sounds, I get asked that question a lot because people don't think it through that way. And as you're working a budget, your plan, of course, should be to pay everything on time or early. And so having that information ahead of time makes it easy to know exactly what that's going to be. But I think there's probably more to that question than just is on the surface there. Yeah, and I hate to admit this, but until Mike shared with me for the first time uh, that idea that, yes, in January, in the month of January, when you should be doing your budget for February, you would have your February utility bill and you know exactly how much it is. Like, that was a... That was a shatter glass moment for me, like that <laughs> aha moment. Like, are you kidding me? I've been doing this too long for that to just like go on, have gone uh, unnoticed. But to your point, Mike, I think for me, it's what's the question behind the question? And that is, how do I handle my variable expenses, any expense right. that is fluctuating month to month? And a lot of times because um, we don't really look at, you know, here we are the last week of January. So by now you should be looking at February and this might be the first time you're looking at it and you think, wow, okay, not only is it the utilities that might fluctuate, but there's other categories like next month there's Valentine's day. Are there birthdays that you have to plan for? Is there like an anniversary or other um, engagements that you're celebrating? And so you start to look at a month and in one month, those types of expenses also might be high and in the following month, they might be low. And this this back and forth, this fluctuation, you know, here in Arizona, we benefit greatly this time of year from very low electric bills because we're not running the AC constantly. But come July, it's going to be ridiculous. And so the question is, how do I normalize all of this chaos, right? If right. I'm somebody right. who hasn't done a budget in, in the past anyway... Now you're throwing all of these variables at me and it just feels very chaotic. I love that. How do you normalize the chaos, right? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yep. So how do you normalize that chaos? And there's a couple of ways that you can do that. You know, <clears throat> sometimes I'm a little too pragmatic. Maria's helped me to, to, to see outside of that. But puzzle for, pieces. We feel like puzzle pieces. <laughs> right. But for something like utilities, 
budget billing is phenomenal. <laughs> Get rid of the chaos by putting yourself on a budget billing, and then it's the same thing every single month. But that doesn't solve for these months where maybe you have more birthdays or you know more special events, or kids are going back to school, and so like in August I'm panicking because I gotta buy clothes and I gotta do all these things, but I'm not doing that every single month. So to normalize that, maybe sock a little bit of money away in that particular category every single month so that you start to kind of build up like a, a reserve. So this is where cash envelopes could be a great um, benefit for those of you who really want to get a handle on your money and you want to pull that money out of the ATM and throw it into an envelope. You know, you start to stuff an envelope, you don't spend the whole thing in a month, but you still fund it fully with whatever you decide. So let me give you some numbers. Imagine I have an envelope that I'm going to stuck $100 in for birthdays, let's say. This is for like birthday cards, little gifts for people outside of the immediate family. So you put the $100 in every single month but you might not spend it all in like February. So then you roll that over and you still stick another $100 in. And by the time you have a month where you have a lot of that stuff, you have some extras to, to get you through that month. So that's just one way that you can start to normalize some of the chaos. So note to self, get on his list for birthdays. To right. Put a hundred bucks a month in that envelope, man. <laughs> My birthday's in April. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's in September, so I get the benefit of more rollover, I'm just saying. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, for me, uh, the kids are end of February and the beginning of April. So, you know, there's a couple of months in there that it's just killer. And yeah. then you get a little bit of relief. Mm -hmm. But yeah, February and April come around and I'm just like, oh my goodness. It kind of behaves a little bit like a sinking fund, right? Yes. Right. And that you're building up for something that you're anticipating and then you can bring that fund back down and then you build it back up. So, no, I like that a lot. I'm going to throw this in there if I can. The, um, I think when I'm working with people who are just starting with something like this, I think that, and I think you did allude to this a little bit, Nino, but the first probably at least two to three months, it seems to be one of the toughest months because what Mike started out saying was, you know, if you're planning for the month that's coming, you're going to know all this stuff ahead of time. But if somebody hasn't been in the habit of paying either on time or ahead of time, especially planning ahead of time, then when they come to somebody like us and mm -hmm. someone says, okay, we're going to have you start paying all your bills on time, they're like, holy crap, I now have this month to three months of period of time where I need to back pay and forward pay. It's like, there's no way I'm going to do that. And so people just, they, they tap the brakes and say, I'm out. What do you say to somebody like that who is hearing you say, this is what we would have you do, but now they're scared to death because they, they know it doesn't mesh up with what they're doing now? That is a great question. It really is. And um, I think it, it kind of speaks to the starting point for everybody is going to be different, right? And so um, we can't start paying on time or early until we're caught up. And so the plan starts with, let's just get you caught up. Let's not worry today about how we're going to pay on time or early until we get you caught up. And I think with managing money holistically and somebody starts that process, you just, you have to take it in bite-sized chunks. Yeah, absolutely. You get laser focused on one thing at a time. And I've worked with a number of clients where the starting point is I'm three months behind on my mortgage mm -hmm. or um, I haven't been able to pay the gas bill in three months and so it's about to get shut off. Well, then the starting point is we are going to work to systematically get you caught up and we're not going to worry about paying on time or early until we have an opportunity to get you caught up. 
Awesome. Do you have something to add to that? I think that was extremely well said. It was extremely well said. And one of the things that I've been talking about a lot on the podcast the last week, at least, has been the the power, but the negative power, the impact of all or nothing thinking and how it just kills so many plans. One of the things that I want you guys to hear, your listeners out there, is that if you heard the first part of this whole podcast episode and said, okay, that's really great, but there's no way I can do that. And so I'm going to pull back because it has to be all or nothing. I think that's why I asked the question. And I think what you said, you know, is really important for people to hear that if you're coming in at a certain level, don't work. We as a coaching entity is not going to, is, are, I don't know, (laughs) whatever the grammar is, we're not going to expect that you can do this right away or that you should be doing this right away. This is just you know, if, if everything was fantastic, then this is how you go. But we know everything's not fantastic. Don't wait for it to be fantastic before you show up because if you had it fantastic, you wouldn't need coaching, right? Right. And so that's that's actually something else I'm going to talk about later. So I think that's really good. Um, so I appreciate you being willing to let me throw that at you with that. Do you guys want to go for a second question today? Sure, uh, absolutely. All right, so let's go ahead and do a second question as a bonus. Number two comes from Christopher D. in New York. So thanks, Christopher, for sending this in. The question is, who's your accountability partner if your spouse isn't on board or just or you are just a single individual? Before I throw that out to you guys, let me just ask you, what does he mean by accountability partner? Why would he ask that question? Don't, in my estimation, in my humble opinion, yeah. don't go at it this alone. Okay. <laughs> don't go at this alone. If you're single... <laughs> Um, you, you got to find somebody who is willing to help you, you know, do, to do this really important thing. Um, and if you're married, then you kind of have a built in accountability partner on, but not always right from the get. Right. So right. sometimes, um, one person is a little bit, uh, more vested in the, the idea of gaining control of the money. And the other person might think like things are find the way they are and so uh, but yes accountability partner and that that must be what he means when he says if your partner or if your spouse is not on board is that what you're right Mm -hmm. okay all right go ahead Mike and and you know it's about having somebody who's close to you and that you can trust to help you stay true to yourself and your goals because you're in the process of making a decision to do something that's life-changing and it's a lot of work it's not easy if it was easy everybody would be doing it so you need somebody in your life that will help you say no or yes to the things that you want to do that are in line with what you've decided are your new goals. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the importance of an accountability partner comes in. And on the spousal side of things, it takes some time, absolutely in a lot of relationships to get that spouse on board because my wife and I were not on the same page for a long time when we started our debt-free journey. Our, our uh, budget meetings consisted of me writing up all the numbers and having a plan, her showing up, getting mad or crying and leaving. Uh, those were the early <laughs> budget meetings. So they were pretty quick, but that wasn't at all productive. <laughs> and you won every time. I won yeah. every time. Not at all productive. And so it takes, when I get asked this question, my first response is always, it takes a lot of time and a lot of communication to get the spouse on board sometimes when you're that far apart. Um, and, and it's about sharing your goals and sharing your dreams and having that open and honest communication with one another to help bring that other person along. Because ultimately, what I wanted in our relationship was our financial independence for ourselves and for our kids and so that we could be secure in retirement and so that we could leave a legacy for the kids. And so once we started to get on that same page, 
the budget meetings became easier and the accountability became inherent, but it wasn't there all along. Awesome. There are so many things in there that you, that you said that I was like, oh, but I, I want to say this, I want to uh -huh. say this. And he said it already. Um, but there are a couple things I'd like to add to that. Um, and one of them is that when I'm working with couples, sometimes I don't worry about getting them on the same page. I just worry about getting them at least into the same chapter. Okay. Um, so if they're in the way that we, you listeners know that I talk a lot about putting your money where your why is, peeling back layers, figuring out who you are, what you're doing anyway. So it's just, it's easier to answer the question, do I spend money here? Or do I spend money there? One of the things that happens when you're dealing with a spouse, and this doesn't answer the question that he asked so much as it does, trying to help your spouse become the accountability partner. So this is not as... It's not, it's not a good answer to the if you're just single individual, um, but the part about if your spouse is not on board, this is one way to try to help do that. And you guys have heard of like the love languages, right? right. So it's the same idea that if one person has a, one love language and another one has another, that you don't speak to the person with your love language, right? You speak to them with their love language. Mm -hmm. And so if you're trying to get a, a couple on the same page or in the same chapter, so let's say that you, um, who is this? This is Christopher. So Christopher, let's say that your spouse is not on board with you. Rather than trying to feed her your why and get her to join in on that, find out what her why is. And then all of the decisions that you're making, you do stuff, you know, you talk in her language. Does that make sense? So if you can do yep. that a little bit more, then you're going to end up not just on the same chapter, but you're going to end up at least on the same page, working towards the same goal. It's just going to look different, and there's not going to be quite as much fighting. And so I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, but since I did not answer the second question about who's your accountability partner if you are single, did you want well, to add something first? No, I or wanted to actually take the single. Oh, so I perfect. To That's talk what I was going to say. If yeah. you guys could answer that, yeah. that would be awesome. So I wanted to talk about, you know, to all those singles out there, like, who is your accountability partner? Well, first, let's identify who is not your accountability partner. It can't be anybody that's going to enable bad behavior, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So anytime you have a goal, let's take this outside of the realm of finance for a second. You have a health goal, a weight goal, whatever that might be. You want to put yourself around like-minded people who see things in a similar way that you do. See, this is a little bit different than having a spouse. You get to pick your accountability partner. It's not built in. You don't have to get anybody on board. You get to go hand select somebody Absolutely. who sees things the way that you're seeing them. And so there's or that the way you want to see them. That's that's true. If you're trying to grow and change a little bit about how you're looking at something, you want to. You, if you've been hanging around the same people and you're not yeah. getting the results you want, look at who you're hanging around and see if you can right. expand that. I'm sorry, I was yeah. rude and I no. But you. It's <laughs> such a great point. It's such a great point that you need to put yourself around. The, the like-minded people who are thinking the way that you want to be thinking yes. in, in our, maybe, maybe they're already where you want to be yes. or at least Working. ahead of you in that journey, mm -hmm. right? Yep. If somebody doesn't see things the way you see them or that you're trying to accomplish them, they're not going to be a good accountability partner. The next part of that is it has to be somebody, I, I, I think it goes without saying, but I will say it really quickly that obviously this is somebody that you need to be um, incredibly vulnerable with and feel comfortable being vulnerable with. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of uh, goes unstated, but... Um... No, nothing Nothing goes unstated. <laughs> no. no, you're good. <laughs> so after that, not only do you have to be vulnerable with that person, you have to allow that person to speak wisdom into your life. Mm -hmm. So it, it goes back to what Mike said about being able to kind of um, hear no Right, somebody that's going to tell you no, but being able to hear it. Right, right. You have to be the one that can say, "All right, 
Um, I needed to hear no in that, that particular situation. And actually it makes me uh, just think of a old client that I had who called me literally on the new car, uh, the new car dealership lot. Parking lot? Yeah. Literally on the, yeah. Nino, I need to hear from you right now. I'm at, <laughs> we won't, we won't promote any brands, but <laughs> like literally, and I was like, what are you doing? Of course not. It's not in line with what you said you wanted to achieve. And, and it goes back to putting your, your money where your why is. Absolutely. It did not align. So you have to put yourself around people who will love you enough to, to tell you when you're, you're going outside of the bounds. Now, sometimes you can find somebody in your own circle to do that. That might be a family member, it might be a friend, um, it might be like a coworker who is um, who can be that confidant. Um, you know, obviously you're gonna be incredibly vulnerable, so you gotta be highly selective. And in those moments that um, you don't have somebody around you who is who can be those things to you, who can hold you accountable, tell you no, love you enough to be firm in their convictions. Well then, you know, there are coaches out there. Shameless plug. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, well, it is, it is a big part of what we do, is for help bring that accountability to the conversation. Because uh, you, whether you're single or married, that accountability from an out, impartial third party uh, really comes into play in the whole process. And I'm so glad you said impartial third party, mm -hmm. right? Because... It, Said another way, and I say it all the time, you have to have that objective right. outside mm -hmm. observer. Right. Somebody who is not in it and mm -hmm. affected by the decisions that you make, but that can look at it from the outside looking in and be objective about it. Absolutely. Well said. Yes. Very good. Well, do you guys have any closing statements that you want to add to today? You did You did great. Thank I you think so much. I think Nino got a fantastic shameless plug-in, so <laughs> you're probably good. And I really didn't even intend to. It, it just it was, legitimately... It was very organic. Yeah. <laughs> but no, shameless plug or not, if you are interested in working with the three of us, there is somewhere that you can go to do that. You can schedule your call with us at... NewMoneyHabits.com. NewMoneyHabits.com. So uh, you can just go straight there and click on the free consultation. Or, is that what it's called on there? Or do we? It will be if you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> just free yes. discovery session? <laughs> Something. Just click on the single link that's there. <laughs> and we will we'll make sure one of us gives you a call directly. You won't have any any weird person. Well, us, I guess. We're I just said we were One of weird, three yeah. weird people. Uh, yes. You know, we, we will call you. One of us individually will call you. And just kind of see if we're a good fit. So I appreciate you listening today. You guys, I'm glad that you are here today, both Mike and Nino. And I look forward to doing this every month. At the, We said we're going to do this the last day of every month. And again, I mentioned yesterday, and I want you to keep pouring in those questions. And we discussed that we're going to do some sort of fun drawing probably once a quarter. We haven't worked out all the details on that yet. But that's how we roll. We just kind of do what we need to do, right? I mean... Right. Um, so yeah, send in those questions and we'll do some sort of fun gift card giveaway once a quarter or something. And if your name is selected, then you might just go into that drawing. So not might, you will. So today, Meg T and Christopher D went into that drawing. So good luck, you guys. Thanks so much for your questions. We'll be, we'll be here next month. Bye-bye.